0: Good morning, welcome to Axios Today. We made it to Wednesday, it's February 24th. I'm Nyla Boodoo. Here's what you need to know today. What we're just learning about security around the January 6th insurrection. Plus, how Home Depot is a proxy for the housing market. But first, the state of play around minimum wage is today's one big thing. We're in the longest period of time since the minimum wage has been created that it hasn't been adjusted. You've probably heard progressive and congressional Democrats' argument for a $15 an hour federal minimum wage. And now some Republicans are responding with a proposal to raise it to $10 an hour by 2025. Axios political reporter Sarah Muha has been following the debate on this. Hey, Sarah, welcome to Axios Today.
1: Hi, thanks so much for having me.
0: Sarah, can you tell us what the state of play is here? Because if Democrats and Joe Biden support $15 an hour, but Republicans are now pushing this $10 an hour, is it likely that we'll get somewhere in the middle?
1: Yes. Like you mentioned, Democrats have long pushed for this incremental minimum wage hike to $15 an hour. It's actually in the broader stimulus package, that $1.9 trillion COVID relief package that Democrats are trying to pass. But this $10 an hour proposal has sort of a poison pill in it, which is that it would mandate E-Verify for all employers to ensure that rising wages go to, quote, legally authorized workers. And it's hard to see Democrats accepting any provisions related to undocumented immigrants like that. So by proposing this $10 an hour increment versus the $15 an hour proposal, it is possible that it could land somewhere in the middle, but progressive Democrats are very, very passionate about keeping it at that $15 level. So this is going to be a fight that we will see play out in Congress.
0: Sarah, are we more likely to see a $15 minimum wage if it's tucked into the stimulus bill versus being a standalone bill that's only about minimum wage?
1: I think so. And that's because they're going to try to pass it through reconciliation, which is just a process that only needs 51 votes to pass instead of 60. Now, if it's not included in this larger bill, there's a good chance that it would need to have bipartisan support. And that's going to be much harder to get, especially because two Democrats have come out against the $15 minimum wage raise. Now, the question right now that's being asked is whether or not that $15 minimum wage can be ultimately included in the stimulus package. And that's something that the Senate parliamentarian is going to rule on.
0: Sarah Muha is a political reporter for Axios. Thanks, Sarah. Thank you. In 15 seconds, how companies like Home Depot are experiencing record profit during the pandemic. Welcome back to Axios Today. Many of us who have been working from home for almost a year now have been sitting around looking at our four walls, wondering, how can we improve our homes? That's led to a big spike in sales for stores like Home Depot. Yesterday, the CEO said it took Home Depot 19 years to get to its first $20 billion, but that sales have gone up by more than that in just one year alone. Axios' markets reporter Courtney Brown says this is just another sign of the white-hot housing market. Hey, Courtney, so what's going on with Home Depot in particular?
2: Throughout the pandemic, retailers like Home Depot and its rival Lowe's have kind of been a proxy for what's going on in the housing market. And so what happened yesterday is the company reported its quarterly results. Home Depot said that sales for do-it-yourself projects continued to grow at a breakneck pace. And they also said that professional builders, their purchases of housing supplies jumped the most since the pandemic began.
0: And so you said this is a proxy for the housing market. How are we seeing this relate to, for example, U.S. home prices or home building?
2: In December we learned yesterday that housing prices jumped at the fastest pace in 6 years. And I mean that's because there's a lot of demand and there isn't a lot of supply and home builders are racing to keep up with demand.
0: And so at one point does this housing market slow down or do we know
2: So usually what companies do when they put out their quarterly earnings, they give Wall Street an idea of how they're going to do for the rest of the year. Home Depot didn't do that. And one of the reasons they didn't do that is because it's hard to know what the consumer is going to be doing when and if there is mass vaccination. Is there going to be this kind of insatiable demand for housing, for renovation? They're not going to estimate how they're going to do for the year because they don't know what the rest of the year is going to look like. And I think that kind of speaks to the fact that we don't know what's going to happen with housing in America. There's a boom right now, but it may not continue.
0: Courtney Brown writes the new Axios Closer newsletter. Thanks, Courtney. Thanks, Nyla. Yesterday, we heard from officials who had been in charge of security at the Capitol on January 6th. The insurrection caused seven deaths and about 140 police officers to be injured. And we heard from three officials who resigned after the insurrection. Former House Sergeant at Arms Paul Irving, former Senate Sergeant of Arms Michael Stenger, and former U.S. Capitol Police Chief Stephen Sund.
2: I've been in policing for almost 30 years. The events I witnessed on January 6th was the worst attack on law enforcement and our democracy that I've seen in my entire career.
0: And they talked about what went wrong that day. One major topic was an FBI warning that was sent to Capitol Police on January 5th. The officials said they never got that warning. Glenn Johnson is a politics editor here at Axios. Glenn, what's your takeaway of the testimony from yesterday?
3: Well, first of all, what preceded even the law enforcement officials' testimony was the testimony by a field commander from the Capitol Police Force, Carnesia Mendoza.
0: I received chemical burns to my face that still have not healed to this day. Of the multitude of events I've worked in my nearly 19-year career in the department,
3: this was by far the worst of the worst. All the law enforcement officials who testified yesterday talked about how they felt that this was a coordinated attack not just some garden variety protest that we see all the time in Washington. Two, they talked about how they felt that there was definitely a white supremacist element involved. This was, as described by the officials, a very violent event and targeted at preventing Congress from certifying the election. —
0: Glenn, what happens next with all of these investigations? —
3: Well, this is the beginning. And where the end is going to be is pretty far down the road. There is just a lot to really unravel. And this is just the very beginning of a long process. And just for anybody that's been around, I think it's a somewhat necessary process. That, that building is really sacred ground in our democracy. And it's a symbol that withstood a potential assault on 9-11. And yet here it was 20 years later, breached by people that are pretty widely described as insurrectionists with a loss of life and a real threat to the lawmakers, as bad as it was, it could have been much, much worse.
0: Glenn Johnson is a politics editor at Axios. Before we go today, Plowy McPlowface, yes, that is right, could be the new name of one of eight Minnesota snowplows. The state's Department of Transportation is currently having a naming contest for its snowplows and has narrowed the list down to the top 50 most popular. The Axios Today team has a few favorites, including Purple Snow, Ain't Snow Stopping Us Now, and Raspberry Beret. Open voting lasts until this Friday, February 26th, on Minnesota's Department of Transportation website. We will put the link in our show notes, and I'll share on Twitter, where you can also let me know which names are your favorites. My handle is Nyla Boodoo. That does it for us today. You can reach our team at podcasts at axios.com. We love feedback. Send us an email whenever you have a minute. I'm Nyla Boodoo. Thanks for listening. Stay safe, and we'll see you back here tomorrow morning.